0: Welcome, and thanks for joining the Restoration Church podcast. Stay tuned for today's sermon. Enjoy, and God bless. And we must live knowing that God's going to show up when our money is not enough, when our abilities are not enough, when we don't know how things are going to work out. We just got to believe, God, I'm living my faith. You're going to show up, and you're going to do this. So I want us to, before I get really fully into this message, I want us to read together words that I believe describe a life that is lived with fearless faith. Words written by one of my favorite authors, Mark Batterson. It's called The Lion Chaser's Manifesto. If you have that, please put that up. I want us to read this together. Are you ready? Quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. Run to the roar. Set God-sized goals. Pursue God-given passions. Go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Stop pointing out problems. Become part of the solution. Stop repeating the past. Start creating a future. Face your fears. Fight for your dreams. Grab opportunity by the mane and don't let go. Live like today is the first day and last day of your life. Burn sinful bridges. Blaze new trails. Live for the applause of nail-scarred hands. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Dare to fail. Dare to be different. Quit holding out. Quit holding back. Quit running away. Chase the lion. Chase the lion. That is fearless faith. And I want us to live 2018 in that way. During my years of ministry... I' discovered the two things that seem to plague the people of God more than anything else are fear and rejection. Fear of tomorrow, fear of sickness, fear of a lack of finances, fear of death, fear of eternity, fear of judgment. But God's Word tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And we see here that Paul identifies fear not as an emotion, but as a spirit. As a spirit. And that's very important for you to Know and to remember. So that if or when you find yourself feeling fearful, know you're not just fighting an emotion, but you're fighting an evil spirit, an evil presence that has come to torment you. A torment that often starts with a thought or thoughts that are planted by the evil one. If you do not know, and remember this, you will find yourself fighting against self instead of fighting against Satan. These two spirits that Christians battle the most, fear and rejection, they work in tandem to attack and torment man. The spirit of fear work with the spirit of rejection to defeat God's greatest creation by making us doubt his love for us. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We live in fear when we fail to live knowing that God loves us. If you are afraid of your tomorrows, afraid of sickness, afraid of eternity, afraid of God's judgment, Remember the one who holds your tomorrows, the one who heals, the eternal one, the one who will one day judge the unrighteous. He loves you. He loves you. Let his perfect love cast out fear, for there is no fear in love. The God who loves you has also redeemed you. So stop letting the the spirit of fear torment you. When it comes to attack, steadfastly resist that thing and remind yourself, I do not have to be fearful because God loves me. I am a child of the king. I'm a child of the eternal one. I'm a child of the one who holds my tomorrows. I have nothing to fear. But I'm going to rest in the love of God. Do not let the spirit of fear control your emotions, but be disciplined in maintaining your knowledge of God's love. Paul said, God is not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Now that word self-discipline is the combination of two Greek words. The first word means safe. And the second means mind. You put them together, and what Paul is saying is you should be one who, who thinks safe thoughts. It means safe thinking, to exercise disciplined thought patterns, to exercise good judgment, to exercise self-control, and have the ability to understand and make right decisions. All starts here. Because fear often starts with a thought or with thoughts that are planted by evil. This spirit comes to make us afraid by attacking our mind, placing in it distorted realities of truth or lies. To defeat this spirit and live by faith. You have to discipline your thought patterns to believe what you find written in God's word about you. Last weekend I experienced this 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 very thing that I'm sharing with you. My wife and I, along with Ashley and Gary, took a short three day trip to Mississippi. Went went to the beach just just to chill out. It was a great, great getaway. And uh, very nice condo uh, on the 10th floor. Nice building, nice facility. Walk outside onto the balcony. There's the ocean right there. We're on the 10th floor. We got there late afternoon, and got everything kind of situated inside and I thought Let's, I'm going to go outside and just, just take you in this view. So I walked outside and I walked up to the rail on the balcony and it came about right here. And I'm on the 10th floor. And I looked down. <laughs> and I had this sensation of falling. And I'm like, whoa. So Went back inside, have a great evening, went to bed, just couldn't get settled. I was having crazy thoughts like waking up in the middle of the night and stumbling onto the balcony and falling out <coughs> off the balcony. Just crazy thoughts. Just, just, just crazy random stuff coming into my mind. So I can't sleep. I'm laying, I'm tossing, and I'm turning, and I know that my wife is doing the same thing. Honey, I I just, something don't feel right. She said, I know. I said, let's pray. So we laid there, and we prayed, and we came against those spirits. I came against the spirit of fear. I came against the spirit of intimidation. And let me tell you, it broke that thing went on and had just a great night's sleep, got up the next morning, found out that Ashton and Gary had had the same experience, and they too had prayed. So the next day I made sure that not only pray, but also I went through this condo and I anointed it with oil. I drove out every unclean spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me tell you what, guys, you got to understand, these things, they're going to leave on their own. You got to make them leave. I commanded them to leave, and they left, and we had a great, great three-day getaway. Instead of lying there, fighting my emotions, I discerned and saw that what I was feeling, and it was a spirit or spirit that was in that place. But when we came against it in faith, they left, and we went on to have a great, great getaway. Why? Because fear is not just an emotion. Fear is an enemy of your faith. And to live with a fearless faith, we have to defeat the spirit of fear that comes to torment us. Therefore, I implore you to see fear as a lion and chase that thing away. See it as a roaring lion. I also implore you to determine, listen, you determine to be the aggressor instead of the timid one because God has not given you a spirit of timidity. But you got to determine to be the aggressor. If you do not, it will not back down. Refuse to back down. You've got to take a stand. You've got to stand up to fear. You've got to stand up to that spirit of rejection. And you've got to chase those things away instead of you running away in fear. 1 Peter 5 8 and 9 says, Stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to the vow. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. God's people who live by faith instead of in fear do so because they have decided to stand firm against the devil. And these people live with a much more fulfilled life. They live fearlessly because they know that God loves them and that perfect love has cast out all fear. You've got to be fearless. You've got to be fearless. To be fearless means to be bold, to be brave, in the, listen, in the face of danger, to be courageous, to be valiant. It means to have the heart of a lion yourself. It means heroic, daring, audacious. Fearless faith is undaunted, it is unflinching, and it is gutsy. Fearless faith, please hear me. Is not the absence of fear, but the presence of faith and trust in God in spite of the things that may frighten you. Fearless faith is not the absence of the emotion of fear, but a refusal to let what you feel define what you believe about God. That's fearless faith. Being fearless is the ability to push through the storms of life using your faith because you trust in God. And you are pursuing your God-given purpose and you're pursuing the vision that God's given you. I'm sure some of you thought I had lost my mind when I said we're going to start two campuses. It just rolled out of my mouth so easy because God said do it. I don't know if you were here or remember, but Jane Hammond was, was with us back in May or June. May I think it was May. And during that time, I don't know if you know Jane. She's one of, the, probably in my mind, she is the most, she is the, the prophetic voice of our country. This woman, when this woman speaks, I mean, it's, it's like you just know it's God. Her, her prophetic anointing is just amazing. She was aware of. The South Huntsville campus was going to start, but she was not aware of Athens. And in the middle of a meeting we was having with her one night, she's menacing the people. She stopped. She said, "Pastor Huey, God said this church is pregnant with twins. How many of you was here when she said that? Oh, I just—I just had a come apart <laughs> because I knew what you was thinking about me. You thought Pastor lost his mind." but isn't it like God to show up and confirm what he has said? Amen, amen. Fearless faith. One of my favorite Bible characters is King David. David was a mighty warrior, and he had a band of followers known as David's mighty men. Listen to how these mighty men are first described, first described in 1 Samuel 22, 2. It says, and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered themselves to David, and he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men. This is David's band of followers, his mighty men. They were in distress. Maybe this describes some of you here today. They were in debt. Maybe this describes some of you here today. They were discontent. Maybe that describes some of you here today. Now, listen to some of the things done, just a few things, done by these men who had gathered themselves to David. Listen to this. It says, "Jeshabim once used his spirit to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. That's a bad boy. 800 says Eleazar once stood with David against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. Picture this they're fighting the Philistines. Okay, so we're fighting. You're my army. I'm leading this battle, okay? We're fighting the, uh, the enemy. And I look at standing up, Jay. And I look around, and all of you left me with Jay. That's the picture. (laughs) The entire army fled. But listen to what Eleazar did. He stood in battle with David, and he killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword. And it says, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. And listen to this. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Stand up, Jay. Here's Jay and I. We fighting, okay? We're fighting. We defeat the enemy. We drive them back. And when they run away and left all the good stuff, the rest of you show up. Come on. Next, there was Shema. One time, the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field of lentils. Again, the Israelite army fled. Oh, that's, that's, that's not a good group people to be fighting with. They fled. But Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. These men who had lived a life of distress, a life of indebtedness, a life of discontent, did not allow the negatives of their past to hold them back. You got to stop letting your past hold you back from your future. You got to fearlessly attack your future. Instead of letting their parents hold them back, they held nothing back and lived their lives with a fearless faith. But when I think about living fearlessly, when I think about chasing the lion, chasing that lion of fear out of my life, chasing that lion of rejection, out of my life, whatever that thing is that's attacking you. The member of David's, member of David's mighty men that comes to mind is Benaiah. Benaiah is the one whom the Lion Chaser's Manifesto was written about. Listen to this in 2 Samuel twenty three twenty one. It says, Benaiah once armed with only with a club, killed an imposing Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear he wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. But the verse that puts Benaiah in a category by himself is 2 Samuel 23.20. It says, There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Capzil. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion into a pit and killed it. That, my friend, is fearless faith. That is fearless faith. The kind of faith that refuses to run away from what may frighten you, kill you, or even eat you. But Neal possessed the heart of a lion chaser because he lived fearlessly for God. He had the kind of heart I believe God wants to see in all of us. A heart that refuses to let our past define our present or future. A heart that refuses to live as if the only purpose of life is to arrive safely at the doors of death. A heart that runs towards the the roar. A heart that sets God-sized goals and lives with God-given passions. God wants you. Everyone say, "He's he's talking to me. Say it again, he's talking to me. God wants you to dream dreams so big that the only way they're going to come to pass is for him to show up. How many of you live your life that way? The only way. The only way you're going to do what God's called you to do. Your purpose is so big. Your dreams are so big that the only way you're going to realize them is for God himself to show up. God wants you to have a heart, purpose on becoming part of the solution to problems instead of simply pointing them out, expecting others to fix them. Here we go. Here we go. God wants you to have the kind of heart that is purpose to become part of the solution to a problem instead of just simply pointing them out, expecting someone else to fix them. You see something in the church that maybe is a problem? Don't just point it out to me or point out to someone else. Become part of the solution. Your pastor can only do so much. Your leaders can only do so much. You have a purpose in this church. So stop talking about what's wrong with it and get involved and help fix what you think is wrong with it. Because the truth is, it may not be nothing wrong with it, it may just be your perception. And if you became a part of what you thought was the problem, you may have a different perception about what you thought the problem was. But until you get involved, you never know. It's easy to stand back and point. Uh, Yep, 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 right there. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, her, yep, uh, yep, her right there. Yep, 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 uh, yep. It's easy to do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. What if I just point it? Yes. <laughs> Instead of trying to make something happen. <laughs> <All right. Sir>. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to decide. What are you going to be in 2018? Are you going to be one to just point out what's wrong? Or are you going to get involved and help fix what's wrong? There is no faith. Please hear me. Please hear me. There is no faith in simply pointing out problems. That's easy to do. There is no faith in simply pointing out problems. That's easy to do. Right? Right? We can all do that. Where is the faith in that? Ain't no faith in that. Yet many of God's people live that way, especially in the church. When Benaiah came to David, he was in distress, perhaps in debt and discontent with his life. And when life has consisted of only pain and setbacks, it becomes a lot easier to live with risk than when it consists of comfort and leisure. (laughs) Pow! Listen, I got to say that again. When life has consisted of only pain and setbacks, it becomes a lot easier to want to take risk than when life consists of comfort and leisure. One of the problems with the American church is we sell into a place of comfort and leisure. So we're not willing to take risk. Benaiah refused to repeat his past. So he boldly started creating his future. He faced his fears even if it came in the form of a 500-pound man-eating beast. He fought for the future he dreamed about, and his encounter with the lion served only as a springboard for that future. The future that God has has for you, the future that God has called you to, may be just one bold act of faith away from you realizing it. The future God has for you may be just one bold act away from you realizing it. One act of faith, one act of obedience, one act of fearless living, Instead of running away from what frightens you, run towards it. Grab it by the mane and don't let go until it is dead to you. You've got to run to the roar, not from the roar. Benel refused to let what was wrong with him, wrong with his past, wrong with his life, keep him from the future God had for him. He dared to fail even if, listen, Even his failure meant meeting death in a pit on a snowy day at the paws and jaws of a lion. He dared to be different. He quit holding out. He stopped holding back and he refused to run away. Instead, He chased the lion into the pit, went into the pit with the lion. It wasn't just enough to chase that thing away. You got to get this. For most of us, if we can just get the lion to run away, that's victory. That's victory. He wasn't satisfied with just this thing running away from him. He wasn't satisfied with this lion just trying to get into a pit to get away. He looked into that pit, and he saw those eyes peering back. And he fearlessly dove into that pit and entered into combat with a man-eating beast. And he emerged as victor because his faith was in God. And he determined he was going to live a life of fearless faith. Benea blazed a new trail, a new way of thinking, a new way of living that perhaps was never blazed before nor after his heroics. But his fame did not stop there, because he kept on living fearlessly. He kept on doing heroic deeds. He kept on chasing those lions out of his life. Benaiah continued to enjoy the favor of God in his life because he chose to run to the roar instead of run from the roar. 1 Chronicles 25.7 says, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, the priest, was commander of the 3rd Division of 24,000 troops, which was on, the, which was on duty during the 4th month. In other words, he had a one-month shift every year as the leader of David's entire army. First Chronicles 27.6 says, Benaiah also commanded David's elite military group, known as the 30s. So he eventually became the commander of the 30, David's elite group. 1 Kings 1, 36 through 40, it says that Benaiah shows his continued loyalty to David by fully backing David's appointment of Solomon as the king to succeed him. He kept on fighting. We know this whole other faction that opposed Solomon as king, but stood with David and said, I support you. I got your back, David. He was the leader of the army. He was the leader of the army that paraded Solomon to his coronation. In 1 Kings 2, we learn Benaiah is the one who killed the men who opposed Solomon as king. And lastly, because of his fearless faith, Benaiah was appointed by Solomon once he became king to be general over all the armies of Israel. Why? Because he lived by faith. God greatly rewards fearless faith. And I want you to determine that you're going to live 2018 that way. When you came in, in your bulletin, we had a copy of the Lion Chaser's Manifesto for you. If you did not get one, there's someone on the table in there for you. Please get one, take it home. Put it in your book. Use it as a bookmarker. Put it on your refrigerator, whatever. And whenever you start feeling like you're maybe not living as much in faith as you should, pull this out and let this remind you of the life God has called you to. Amen? Amen? Chase the lion. Chase the lion. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We pray that today's message has encouraged and empower your journey in following Jesus. If you would like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless you.